This episode has been brought to you by LimitlessMushrooms.com. For all your therapeutic psychedelic mushrooms, please go visit LimitlessMushrooms.com and use code QAH10 for a discount on all your products. Thank you so much for joining us here at Queer at Heart. Today on the show, we have psychotherapist Nisreen Maktabi. Thank you so much for being on the show. For those of you, by the... Sorry? Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. And thank you for <laughs> being back um, today. For those of you who are new, by the way, please feel free to subscribe below there or there. Right there? Is it right there? It's right there. Subscribe to the channel and please keep updated for the upcoming um, episodes that I have for this coming season. Um, today we are talking about, do you want to say it? Codependency. Codependency. It's such a good topic. It's a topic I've been really wanting to get into for a long while. Yeah. So why do you think, Nisreen, why is it important for us? First, we should start with the definition of what codependency means. And then why is it important for us to recognize that when we have it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, codependent relationships are a lot of work. And it's important to know when you have it so that you know how to get out of it basically because they suck your energy these codependent relationships okay yeah and they could be friendships or romantic relationships and how do we know we have it so basically if you're in a relationship where you feel it's all about the other person and you're mm -hmm. doing everything to make them happy, but not in the sense of a regular love relationship. People who are codependent, they really need to be needed. They strive on the need to be needed. It's basically, um, usually the term codependent was originated in the community of Alcoholic Anonymous. And okay. created a group called Al-Anon, children of alcoholic parents um yeah so what happens they as children it was all about the alcoholic parent they had to take care of the alcoholic parents needs so when they grew and i, I, I will go more into this later in the episode if you want about how people become codependent please do yeah I look but forward. right now, so they, they learn it from being in those families where there's a lot of chaos from people who have addictions. Okay. It's not a mental health disorder. No. It's not um, in the DSM. It's not categorized as a mental health disorder, but it's a, a series of characteristics okay. that people tend to do. And it's something you can get out of. It's not like a big disaster. It's not a four-letter word. It happens, right? Mm -hmm. So it was coined by a writer called Melanie Beatty, and she has written a lot of books that became very popular in the 80s. And uh, one of her books is called Codependent No More. That's right. I read that when I was like 19. I read that too. And it, <laughs> it's like, it's really, it puts everything in the right place. Even if you have a tinge of codependency, you read that book, it will set you on the straight line. So, Okay. Mm -hmm. It'll set you right up because it tells you all the different types of like ways, examples of how you can, how you would be uh, codependent. And it, even in ways that we didn't, even the little minor ways that we didn't think were possible. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So basically, in a, in a regular relationship, right, you're, you're being supportive, you're being helpful. But in a codependent relationship, you find yourself, you have this need to fix the other person. So people who are very codependent, they really have, the reality is they have a very low sense of self-worth. So they get their sense of self-worth from being in a relationship where they have to do something extraordinary for the other person. Got it. The other person might be addicted to a drug or may, they might have a mental health, very strong mental health issue. And the other person stays and enables them, right? The codependent person. So when you're being sustained, uh, when you're being helpful and supportive as a friend or a partner, this is something natural that you can do very easily. But when you're always fixing and saving the other person all the time, this is something that leads to burnout. So if you find yourself in a relationship where you're burnt out, you don't know what your needs are. Someone who's codependent is so focused on the other person. They forget who they are. They forget about their hobbies. Sometimes they forget about their friends. They get sucked in and they compromise too much about what their values is, right? The other person might ask them sometimes for something that is might be even illegal and they might do it just to keep the other person happy. Wow, just, that, that's extreme. Yeah, so they compromise. That's how bad, yeah, that's on the extreme level, but it happens. And they feel guilty if they express their needs. They, they have trouble saying no. If the, this other person can ask them for anything, and why do they have trouble saying no? Because they're afraid of rejection that the other person is gonna walk out of the relationship. They're afraid if they say no, they do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So basically it's like a drug. Exactly. And they're you run out, well, it's like walk, somebody walking out on you is like you running out of a drug. Mm -hmm. Is exactly. that fair to say? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there are basically the, their main motivation is they're afraid the other person would leave because they feel they don't bring anything to the relationship and they feel their reward is that the other person needs them. They, they are, and the other thing is they feel responsible to the other person's feelings. If the other person doesn't feel good, their whole day is ruined, they won't relax until they make the other person feel bad. Oh, he's in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood. So... Does this have to, so, okay, so the person who's taking care of the other person is the codependent one. Right. Now, the person, the other person in the relationship, are they codependent being the person that, or no, you, the definition is really you, the one who is needing yeah, to take care of somebody constantly. Your values, who never says no, doesn't say what their needs are. The other person could be the abuser. Got it. The alcoholic. <laughs> could be the bipolar, the borderline, could be the narcissist, someone who likes the attention, right? And likes that you can do anything they want and they keep doing it. They don't care that it does, it bothers you or they're oblivious to it. So people would most likely realize that this is happening to them after being in a few relationships that are like this. So, you know, it could happen to you once, but when you get into a relationship, second, third, fourth, fifth time, mm -hmm. it's basically kind of your problem. I mean, it's you. It's you that has to change something. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. about the way you approach relationships, about the people that you attract into your life, about, mm-hmm. you know, so really what this is about is setting boundaries in a way, you know, it's about saying, no, they don't know how to say it. Exactly. They don't know how to say no. They, they reduce their boundaries. They have no sense of boundaries mm-hmm. because the other person will tell them to do something that they would never otherwise do and they will do it. Right. Okay. What do you think? So for people listening right now, the signs are if you've been taking care of somebody for a real long time who basically doesn't appreciate you, mm-hmm. could be, right? What, what else? So what else should people be looking for? So not only taking care of someone too much, but if they really have no sense of self, if they've lost their hobbies, if they're not doing any more hobbies, if they maybe forgot about their friends, if all their lives revolves around this other person, it could be friends or partner. If like you go only where it's all about the interests of the other person. Right. It's not about what you're interested in. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that if you've given up your life, your hobbies, seeing your friends, seeing your family, the things that you enjoy doing for your partner, it is likely a sign that you are codependent. Mm -hmm. It is likely a sign that you have been there also before and that this is something, in most cases, this is not new. Yeah, yeah. They could have done it a few times, right? And the other person doesn't care about your needs and you don't express your needs and you always want to make the other person happy and you're afraid that if you do anything outside of what the other person wants, you're going to be rejected. So really, codependent people lack, probably lack a self-esteem. Yeah. Right? They have very low self-worth, no sense of self or who, of who they are. It's all yeah. about the other person. Okay. And is it always... Okay, so statistically speaking, I'm not sure if you have statistics on this. When people stand up, and say, no, I'm not taking this anymore. No, I cannot. I'm going back to my hobbies and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the things I love to do. I'm going to see my friends. I'm going to, you know, go back to my music lessons or whatever it is you're doing. Is it quite common that the partner leaves? And also, is it quite common that the relationship works out or does it almost always fall apart? when a partner realizes, oh my God, I am codependent? You know, to be honest, I have done research. I didn't find any specific research about codependent relationships because as I told you, codependency is not a diagnosable disorder. So there hasn't been a lot of um, research about it, but, you know... Ultimately, they're relationships where the person is not satisfied. And I've had clients who some of them are in codependent relationships, but it's like everything. It's on a continuum. Okay. Sometimes it just blows up in your face. And so Melanie Betty, she, had a, she was the wife of an alcoholic. and She's they, the one who wrote the book. Yes, she's the okay. one who wrote the book. Right? Codependence no more. Correct. Thank you. And they broke up and she wrote the book on how to heal and let it go because she was so attached to making the alcoholic partner happy. But then it ne- they're never happy and she couldn't 
and then she had to break up and find herself and heal herself. So, you know, some people could stay for a short time, a long time, some, but ultimately these are not sustainable relationships because one or the other will not be satisfied. But some people could stay for a long time and they are trying to make the other person happy and they're oblivious to it. Yeah, it but, becomes a part of the, their... Yeah. They are, they yeah. can, it becomes an automatic, honest, like like autopilot. This is something that they are expected, they've expected from them and they've also expected themselves to do. So they've it, learned yeah, to do. They've learned to do it and they just do it over and over again. Relationship is different, but I find some codependents love it as long and they they're not happy but they stay because there's the husband the children and sometimes there's the society we can't live for the society and they want they don't want to rock the boat even for the for their own family of origin and their husband and kids so they just stay and they're not happy they're not happy because not you know much of the time we don't have you know we can't say that the option is so easy that we can just walk away if we're you know then if we're sing- then if we're in a, a relationship with one person, we have no children, no family. So it's hard. It's harder. But a lot of people leave, and there's a group, a twelve-step group called Codependents Anonymous. And okay. anyone here, if you feel you might be, you can go Google this group in Toronto or your area where you la- where you live. And there's groups just like Alcoholic Anonymous. There's Codependents Anonymous, and you go and you 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 realize what you've been doing and how you can get over it. And, you know, therapy helps also if you're seeing a therapist. And it's about, really, it's about healing the attachment injuries when you're young. Because mm-hmm. when we gravitate to someone who is alcoholic, you know, or needs saving so much, you know, because is we had to save our primary caregiver as kids. So where does it come from? Okay, that was my next question. Mm-hmm. Thank you for going into that. Sure. So, yeah. So a lot of the time, the origins of the behaviors that people learn, the codependent behaviors, is when their family of origin, there is one person who needs a lot of attention. Okay. So this could be someone who's alcoholic, you know, has a drug addiction. It could be someone who has severe mental health issues, where there's a lot of chaos, where there's the whole family revolves about around one person being okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the child, you know, as human children, when we're born, we're the most vulnerable of all creatures because okay. we depend on our primary caregiver for food, for not falling and getting broken and crushed, and for our emotions. So since you're born, and we need someone to be interested in us and to pay attention to us, but when you're born in a family... And all that you're doing all the time, your your mother and siblings and everybody's telling you, pay attention to your father, let's say, who's, let's say, borderline. And, oh, my God, he, he did another suicide attempt. We have to go to the hospital and save him. And, oh, don't upset your father. Don't scream. Don't do this. The child learns it's all about them, someone else. It's never about me. I have to take care of someone else. And when we're kids... We learn what love is. It's like when you're born until you're five or 10, it's like you learn everything, right? And this concept of love is what registers. Mm-hmm. And that becomes your concept of love. And when you grow up, you find yourself attracted to this type of behavior. But then you realize it's actually 
not sustainable because you burn out from trying to save your partner. And all, and every time you burn out, it's not it's not it's not even like an if you do burn out. And sometimes you come back to the table, you come back to the relationship, and then you burn out. You keep burning out until one day maybe you're fed up. And it's same like, is it considered an addiction? Yeah, it's it, it is considered an addiction. Uh, I mean, it's not in the book of addictions, but I would say you're addicted to feeling needed. You're addicted right? to feeling needed. Addicted to, you know, someone else thriving on you coming and making them happy. And, you know, you, anybody watching, you know, I'm sure there's people watching or there's people listening who are uh, in this relationship. So I'm sure something here is hitting true to some people oh, yeah. listening. And you know. You know, when you're listening, you know the lopsidedness of your, you know, if your relationship is lopsided, you know, if you're taking care of somebody, um, you will feel it and you will know. And do not be afraid to do something about it, to stand your ground because, you know, naturally, you're a worthy human being of being taken care of, of being loved. And you can't keep on burning out. Um, like you're on some kind of drug because that person does become a drug to you. So what do you suggest for those who do have this issue and they're, they're struggling with their partner being abusive towards them? What do they do? So definitely one thing is to go to Al-Anon, for example. Okay. So you did mention that, yes. Okay. Yeah, and the other thing is to seek therapist, right? I think sometimes you need therapy. I mean, if you're in such an abusive relationship that you don't feel safe, of course, go to the police, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. but so it's different degrees. It's a continuum. So it could be minimal, could be very bad. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Like getting a sense of yourself. So asking yourself, who am I? What are my hobbies? What do, who are my friends? Who am I outside of this relationship? If all your definition of who you are is this relationship, you know, and it's the other person being happy with you and not leaving you, then you want to be asked, who am I outside of this, right? So getting a sense of worth from outside this, this person, always saving them, right? So asking yourself, who am I is going to be important. And what, what makes me happy? What are my needs in this relationship? Are my needs getting fulfilled? And ultimately in therapy, the work is around getting those, we call them attachment injuries healed, right? Okay. Attachment injury when you're young and instead of the parent paying attention to you, you have a parent who's angry at you. You have a parent who's demanding of you to take care of them. Because okay. when we're not supposed to take care of the emotions of our parents. But if you have a parent who's an alcoholic, who comes angry, you see the parent angry, you get scared and you want to calm them down. Okay. So you, you instead of... The parent doing the emotional work, you're doing the emotional work. So that's an, an attachment injury. So in therapy, we work on it. Now, is there a checklist? Mm -hmm. Can people go online oh, and find a check? There's many checklists. 
I mean, you could go if people if, if for you know for people who really want to know if they're suffering from codependency. You're, I mean, everybody is to some degree, but if it's becoming a thing where you're losing yourself, there are many. There's got to be checklists online where you can go on and see, like you know, there's probably like ten or twenty questions to see if you fit into this category, and if you do, um, you do need to do something about it because it is a pretty serious. You know, I've been in. I've been in those situations. I've been in quite a bit of relationships and, you know, they are not, they are a means to an end and, you know, you, um, you get fed up. And that's what happened to me is I got very fed up about being in that type of relationship where I was taking care of somebody constantly. And I, I did, I lost myself, you know, you really lose who you are. Um, you know, like who is Mo? Mm-hmm. without this relate who is mo without this person who you know what i mean i had to sort of reintroduce myself mm-hmm. to myself and almost to the world again you know afterwards and it's it's quite scary in retrospect to think about wow like that was me that wasn't somebody else that was me and it's funny because me too i read that book was it that book uh, codependent no more that took you out of it it helped me, yeah. But no, but I, but I read it and still got into it. Like it was after that I got into those rela- relationships because you forget. I read it when I was really young, uh-huh. and it was it was when I was in therapy. I was really young, and then the therapist recommended that book. I was probably was about, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say about eighteen, nineteen years old. But you know, you don't necessarily absorb things. You know, you're nineteen. You know, you get into relationships, and my first relationship was when I was twenty, and. You know, I, um, I, I, you told, you forget, you forget that, oh, this is, this, this is an issue that I've talked about in the past. So, um, I would, I mean, I, I have tons, I wouldn't say tons. I would say I know quite a few people who are in very codependent relationships and just, there's just no way out of it for them. They're just lost in this sort of vicious circle. They're very attached. They're very attached. And that's why it, there's the language of letting go. It's mm-hmm. about letting go. Yeah. So you know many people who are lost in this vicious circle? I do. I know a lot of people who are lost in the vicious circle and it hurts to get out. You know, it leaves you very empty, right? You leave, um, you go through withdrawal. And that's why people go back to that human being is because they need more of it. They need more of that. They need, they, it's their purpose. Like you said, it's like a drug. It becomes like a drug because the drug, when you stop it, you have withdrawal symptoms, right? And they feel empty because they don't have a sense of self. Empty, completely empty. It's, it's amazing how, you know, humans can serve. Uh, now, okay, conserve the, like how they can serve this purpose for each other. But my question to you is this, is any amount of codependency healthy? Well, yeah, I, like, is it a healthy thing at all to have? What is a healthy relationship, right? Okay. A healthy relationship is where both people feel comfortable saying no if the other person got it. The unreasonable request and not being afraid that this means it's, this, it's the end of the relationship, right? A, a, re, a healthy relationship is where both people feel they can express their needs. And their needs are most likely going to be met. Or if they're not going to be met, it's not one of their primary needs, right? Got it. 
So the answer is really no. <laughs> Any amount of codependency where you're needing, like it's a need for you to take care of that person is unhealthy. So it's you feel that you want someone to take care of or else your life is worthless. Right. It's like you need to take drink alcohol every single day till you get drunk or else it's the end of the world, whatever. Or you can't, you get the jitters. So it's just another form. It's another form of addiction. We like to choose. It's funny how we like to choose which addiction is better for us, eh? Like, you know, we like to choose. It's very important to understand that addiction is addiction. Now, it affects you in different ways. Every, most, a lot of addictions, but this is very well an addiction. So, so go I, do I, that I, checklist <laughs> online. That's a very good point. And the I, in my opinion, as an attachment trauma therapist, it, all addictions come from one thing, that we did not learn as children how to regulate our emotions. And we didn't have parents who were interested in us. Mm-hmm. So then you see the, the codependent person when the parents were angry, alcoholic, losing their minds, they, the parent was not being a parent. So they did not learn how to regulate their emotions. So they need, the set, they don't, the parents are not interested in them. So to regulate your emotions, you're in touch with someone. The person makes you feel worthy, right? And the same thing with addictions. I think what it, you know, I, you know, I've been reading a lot on, um, you know, what this whole, this, this idea that what we knew about addiction was completely wrong. And um, I'm, one of my friends is reading a book right now called Chasing the Scream. Have you heard of it? Chasing the, the, chasing the, chasing the Scream. And he talks about how addiction, the, the, the root of addiction is basically connection, uh, the lack of connection. So when we connect and feel like there's a purpose and that we have love and connection and purpose in life, we start to um, leave our addictions you know, and we start to like, they, they did this whole thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stuff you've heard of the study where they put like ma- mice in a cage and they gave them heroin and then, you know, but gave them the, then they, they put these other, I believe they put the other mice in a cage and gave them a playground plus heroin. And once they found that there was a playground that they can go play with their friends, they actually left the heroin and went to go play. Very interesting analogy. Um, so yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what you are here for because you're the person who, you know, helps people find a sense of connection, find a sense of purpose, you know, find that life is worthy of living. You are worthy of being taken care of, being loved and not only taking care of others and learning to just leave that dependency behind. Yeah. And like you said, you know, in that study, when the mice, was it mice, they learned that they can play Mm-hmm. they can do something they went there they went there they found purpose they found purpose and ultimately that's what it is right yeah and- i love your shirt by the way i've been <laughs> wanting to tell you that for the past 20 minutes <laughs> your shirt is gorgeous on this snowy day this red really- nowhere to go <laughs> <laughs> all dressed up with nowhere to go <laughs> all dressed up, nowhere to go. <laughs> okay listen before we wrap this up 
What else can you tell us about codependency? Is there anything else that people should know before we get off? It's not a four-letter word. Okay. Right? There's never any shame, right? And some people would be ashamed. You know, just like I was talking last week about sex addiction. You know, shame is not an emotion you want to. It it stops you from doing things, Mm -hmm. from being who you are. It's okay if you find yourself in a in a codependent relationship. There's always a way out. And the the most important thing is that these experiences teach us. There are teachers, they mold us to become who we really are. They're like the layers that we peel to come to find our real sense of purpose. Because outside of this relationship is your real self and your real sense of life. And you'll be you know, so much more valuable and you'll be an asset to yourself and to humanity, you know, you'll be able to give. Give much more, become a kinder person. Yes. Because that's what boundaries do, right? Boundaries, people don't realize that boundaries make, help you become a kinder person to the world. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that's a very valuable lesson I've learned about boundaries is I'm just become... I become a much nicer person when I say no, because, you know, you don't carry that resentment around as well. Right. So, um, yeah, well, thank you so much for bringing this topic to the table. You're very welcome. And also I'm very interested in hearing all the questions that the viewers have. So, so for everybody who is listening, watching, please leave comments down there so that Nasreen and I Absolutely. can answer all your questions because Nasreen, Nasreen is ready to answer questions. Yeah. So we're, I think we're going to do another session next week. So please, everyone, feel free to, you know, have, if you have any comment about today's session, session, it's not a therapy, it's almost a therapy session about tonight's episode. <laughs> if you have any questions about tonight's episode, if you have any comments, drop them in the comment line below. And if you have any ideas of what do you want to hear us, to hear us talk about next session, next episode, right? If you have any ideas, what is it you want us to talk about? You know, we want to hear from you. I'm interested. Who's watching this? What do you want to hear me talk about? I'm ready. Yes. That's so important. So for anybody, did you guys hear that? For anybody who has any questions, let us know what you want to hear, what you want, what topics you would like to hear about so that we can likely bring them to the table and we will spend, uh, you know, we could potentially spend an episode answering all your questions or uh, leave room at the end of the episode. But um, listen, I think we're going to cap this off because I think we've done a good job. You've done a good job. Very good. Very fun time talking to you always. Very fun time talking to you, Nasreen. And listen, follow Nasreen at Heal with Nasreen at, on Instagram. And I'm going to put all of Nasreen's, uh, you know, I always put all of Nasreen's information and social medias at the bottom. So please follow her. Um, and hey, who knows, if you need a therapist, Obviously, contact Nasreen. She's incredible. <laughs> right there. <laughs> we do sessions. We do sessions. Um, Nasreen, thank you. Thank you all. Have a good night, everyone. Okay. Have a good night. Bye.